Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Little Green Pasture. Praise the Lord. I am happy to be here as usual because my heart always seems to be flowing with the Lord. If you're living at the well like I do, and I hope you live at the well too, then how could it not be that water is not flowing from you at any given time? I just love those words that Amy Carmichael said, live at the well. And I do live at that well. Praise the Lord. So before I get started, I'm going to pray. So here I go. Father in heaven, it is with great and supreme joy. That Lord, I could take time in this day that will go down in the history and the annals of heaven. Lord, thank you that you have given me this time. That you've given me everything, Lord. That I could perform your will, being led in your grace. For nothing is mine. All is yours. And we are yours. And now, Lord Jesus, make yourself known to your people. And I lean on you for every word you want me to say. I'll follow you. Speak through me. And I pray that you will let your living waters, Lord, that flow down from the heavenly country, that it will, your living waters, which are you, will flow through me. The most common, ordinary, low, humble vessel. Amen. There's no better thing to be. To God be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I want to talk to you about things that are real that I experience. I have lived a life of textbook and listening to textbook messages, and I still love them from time to time. And there's different seasons for textbook or just letting the life of Christ flow through us. And that's the point I want to get out today is the life of Christ flowing through you. What's flowing through you? You know, the other day I was reading where Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will hold to the one and despise the other. And classically, we look at that word and say, well, that's because you know, there's something exterior from us that we are obeying. Maybe things interior, like setting up an idol in our heart. Having wrong affection for things and people in this world that are not good. You know, God wants a holy detachment from us in this world. And sometimes we become the other master. And we don't realize it, do we? And in a sense, do we not serve two masters at times? When our will opposes the will of God. I say the greatest thing in the world that brings the greatest clarity and light in our lives 
is sanctification through obedience of the faith by God's spirit. It says that in First Peter. I was reading about that beautiful sanctifying work of him. And Peter says it's in obeying. Oswald Chambers says the greater obedience, the more obedience, the greater God gives you clarity in things in life. But again, I'm I'm asking you this question, whose life is flowing through you? You know, I thought about Jesus, how it says in Mark 135, it says, the first chapter, it says, for he arose in the morning a great while before day. And he went out into a solitary place and there prayed. I think of other places where Jesus got away to pray. I know there's so much that's not written about him, but what we know about him is he was always on the ball because his father in heaven, our father in heaven was moving through him continuously. And so the life of our father and his Holy Spirit was flowing through the Son of God. And yet in his humanity, he was tired. We know he was weary at the journey of his journey and sat on the well, spoke to the Samaritan woman who was also weary with her journey in life. Jesus, one day, he saw a crowd coming towards him. And it said, but he turned away and went into the wilderness to go and pray. And another place it said, like right here, after he fed the 5,000, after he fed them in Mark 6:46, it says, and they did all eat and were filled, and they took up the 12 baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes. And they did eat of the left loaves. And they that did eat of the loaves were about 5,000 men. That was just men, not even counting women and children. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and go to the other side before unto Bethsaida. Well, he sent away the people. And the part I really looked at is he said he constrained his disciples. He straightaway constrained them to get into the ship and go to the other side. He said, go on, you're going without me. He detached himself from them. And then he sent away the people. So he detached himself from his disciples. He detached himself from the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. You know, I've been sensing in me, I would say the last week or so, a strong pull to do nothing. And that's hard, isn't it? I think the more we find trouble in doing nothing, the more it shows who's master. 
And there's always going to be a strong pull to hold us back from this detachment from the world, things, people. And the great adversary knows that everything depends on our frequently saying goodbye to things and people in order to escape to the place where our God can pour his life into us, into you. And the more I thought about it, the more my mind started to think about all the places that I saw the different prophets and Moses and different people, how they found that they needed to just get away. But I'm talking about something that's not of your practice. I'm talking about when there, when God comes and Jesus comes and there's a strong pull away where all of a sudden all the things you're doing before, which are not bad things. Now, I want to omit going to work, taking care of your children, keeping a tidy house, being a good wife and a good mother and a good friend, all those things. I don't I omit that. I'm not talking about an esoteric monastic lifestyle. I'm talking about being truly obedient to the Lord and really whose life is flowing through you. I think of the people um, of God in the wilderness in Israel. It said, for my people refused the waters of Shiloh that went softly. You know, and so he sent a great king, Razin, against him. That was his name and other kings. You know, I think of that detachment. And we don't really know how to really detach when God tells us to do it. Isn't it true? I'll speak for myself. Like when I have my times, I get away like you guys do. I'm a morning person. I get up in the morning. Some people do it or not. Whatever. You find a way to detach from this world. You put away your cell phones. You go away. You wait till people are sleeping. Whatever it is you do. Some people say, I go to my car, Joni. I sit in my car. Some people say, Joan, I can't do it, but I wait to get in my car and drive to work. It's my only time alone. Either way, it's different when all of a sudden God says, but now you're going to do it my way. And so all these, if I may say, accoutrements of our getting away with the Lord. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to listen to some worship music. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And those things are not bad. But there's something else that Jesus wants. And he's silent. You know, the, the first thing is like, well, that's okay. Um, if I'm not, especially those of us who are always on the ball, it, you know, like maybe you're a mother with little children and you're taking care of a husband who's working or somebody's sick in the house and you're caretaking for them. And there's things that you're busy doing. But, you know, God sees as the great shepherd, which of his sheep, he'll create a strong pool. So that all the things that you do to try to make yourself comfortable in Christ or reach out to Christ, there's all of a sudden this shake up. And you're like, I don't know what's happening. I go to the word. I can't really get anything out of the word. All of a sudden it is closed to me. 
So I say, okay, Lord, I'll sit down to pray. Then the way is closed to me. And then after days or weeks go by, and I'm talking from experience, so I'll just say that I've gone through what I'm going through again right now, but I'm not fearing it or I'm not stressing out about it like I did when I was younger. I'm understanding more and more the brighter and brighter as I draw nearer to the perfect day that Jesus doesn't even want me to be my own master. And that my will to him, as I was reading this morning, and I just saw it, it was so beautiful to me. In so many places, because I read the Psalms daily, I kept seeing all over the place, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will sing unto God my Savior. I will pray unto God my Savior. I will, all these I will that I will do. I will seek him with my whole heart. I will praise him with all my being. I will look for him. I will wait for him. I will search him out. And I said, Lord, are these not all free will offerings then? When our will is part of everything that we're doing in you, so that ultimately you are our master and saying, I will obey the Lord. I will rejoice in God, my maker. And all the words that I have read in my life in that Bible every single day, I say, Lord, your word is within me. I delight to do thy will. And so through the life, through the hard things and the challenges, I say, Lord, I, de- I will rejoice in you. I will obey you. I will humble myself. And all these things, I thought to myself, Joni, aren't these all free will offerings that honor Jesus Christ? I say yes. You know, I thought about Abraham when he stood there with Lot and their cattle had become too many and they needed to part ways. And Abraham said to Lot, our cattle are too many. There's too many. You have too many. I have too many. We need to part ways. And so he said to him, you choose which way you want. And so we know that Lot looked toward Sodom and Edom and it was a well-watered land and fertile and he said he chose that way and it said and abraham left went that way they detached from one another i think of jonathan and david that their hearts were knit together their souls rather were knit together in love their love was greater than any kind of love it was a potent love I mean, David loved, uh, Jonathan loved David so much, he stripped himself down from his, gar- from, his, from his armor and his garments and his belt and his sword and laid it down at David's feet. And they made a covenant of friendship together, the golden bond of love. And yet Jonathan went one way and David went the other. And that bond of love, that golden bond of love is what 
bound them together. And I began to really think about Jesus Christ and our golden bond with him and whose life is truly flowing through us. Because you know what I believe? That Jesus knows when to do a strong pull in your life and to pull you away from everything. Oh, you may be able, you will still go and take care of your children. You'll still be cooking dinner for your husband at night. Or maybe you're single and you'll be doing things that you normally do, cooking for yourself and, and attending to some things, duties. But your heart is in a faraway land, in the fertile fields of heaven. Jesus says in John 3, 13, he says, no man has seen, how's it go? No man has seen, known the son except the father. Or he said something, uh, for the son is in heaven. He, he was saying like, I'm here, but I'm in heaven. As I think to myself, can we say that our, our heart's truly there? Because truly Jesus says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And your eyes will be fixed upon the Lord, even though you're working or you're doing and you're accomplishing. But the homeland is always going to be strongly pulling you. See, Jesus is always working through his Holy Spirit to detach you. Sometimes more times than others. And not just when we have a habit of going to pray or we have a habit to read the word because then we become our own master in many ways. And then when he comes and says, I'm going to shut, shut it down. I'm going to shut the door. And I'm going to make it so you are just quiet before me. And we feel uncomfortable because we're so used to being in control of feeding ourselves. And coming to Christ and saying this and saying that. You know, I think, um, you know, I was, uh, I was thinking about some people that I know there was some issues at their church. And uh, there was something happened that made everybody start fighting and be contentious with each other. And if I understand it right, people were leaving the church and, and this pastor couple were upset. and. You know, they've been doing this for a long time, pastor and his wife. Um, and I had a dream about them. I dreamed that, and they're steadfast, they're staying and going nowhere. But in my dream, I dreamed that I saw myself uh, with my husband and we went into a, we were going to support them knowing that something bad had taken place to cause chaos in their church. And so in my dream, my husband and I went um, and I saw the pastor and I said, oh, we're here to go to your church. And he said, follow me. And we went out of some back door and we were walking through what looked like the, the whole thing burned down. The whole church had burned down. And we were he we were he was walking ahead of us and we were following and i was looking at smoldering ground and little plumes of smoke going up and embers were still burning and i saw a few people sitting here and a couple of people and everybody was divided and every but there was only a few people left but they were there they were sitting on burnt chairs on the ground and and i saw 
the pastor up there and he was wearing black and all the people were wearing black and there was no walls and and there was a broken down barely standing wall behind him where he spoke and um i won't go into the details of that dream because it's it's just you know i'm just getting to the point and yet they're still there preaching you know god will knock down our houses of cards he'll he'll alter our way he will redirect our paths because i want to say something jesus christ our god he knows the way to his own country and he's trying to work in your life and it's in letting go it's in saying I don't like the way it feels. I'm so used to praying. I'm, so, I'm not saying to stop praying. Understand me right now. I'm talking about you responding to that strong pull and to trust God in detachment, even in the losses. Like these people, but I, I don't know how many people left. I just, I know people left and they felt it. We're going to feel things. But once in a while, he's going to want you to detach from things more than at other times. Jesus detached himself all the time. And we're to follow in the way of his steps. And I believe with all my heart, everything he did, he's everything I do. The Father has told me what to say, what to do. And I believe even to detach himself. By the spirit in him, it's time to get away with me. I was reading something by an old saint who's been long home with the Lord. And she said, and she was walking by a lake. And as she was walking by the lake, she was looking down. She was right next to the lake. And she saw the perfect reflection of the mountain in the distance. And then she looked up and she saw that great mountain. And then she noticed that the stiller the water, the clearer was the image of the mountain. The stiller, the more clearer the reflection. Do you follow what I'm saying? If we do not trust him to just stop, and let him move because he's silent and he is still and he wants us to be still and then the more still we are the more that we will begin to reflect him in this world that's falling apart around us you know i want to say this because most of us are just common people common lives we're not going to ever be in sitting in big seats of politics thank the lord we're not going to be running in the paths of this world but we are a people of god we are the people of god we're not of this world and and there is a mountain that we're going to on the sides of the north and great heaven and yes i've been talking to you a lot about heaven you know why because we're drawing so near 
you know, this world is so noisy and it wants to suck you in like a drowning person in the sea. But I say to you, that strong pull that maybe you're feeling, maybe this is even just for one person. Maybe it's for not even any persons, but maybe one day this video will go out and it'll speak through the heart of a person. So remember, you are the Lord's. You belong to him. You're on loan to your friends and your family and your children and your pets and your everybody. And every breath that you breathe, every place that you go, everything that you do is because it's God's will for your life. And therefore, you have to go with what God's doing in your life, leading you in his will. And you want that will of God, because if you just be quiet and you do the things that God has for you in his will, he will make the best choices for you and leave you lead you in the most fertile grounds and into high mountains and even to sow beside all the waters. Everywhere Christ will take you will produce much fruit unto your father and much fruit to your account. I just think it's so precious. I think of I think of the Lord, you know, in his prayers and even on the cross, he was praying to his father. But you know what? There were times when Jesus went alone to pray. You know, prayer isn't always talking. It's about being still. Prayer is vast. It's not about, okay, Lord, here I am. There's times where he just wants you to be quiet. And in that stillness. You know, in Isaiah, it says, oh, in 1 Kings, it says, God spoke to Isaiah and he said, Isaiah, I want you to go stand in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord himself is about to pass by. And, and then he sent a great wind and it break the rocks before him, but God was not in the wind. And then he sent an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And then he sent a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. But he spoke to him in a still small voice. You know, recently I was uh, been told and I've been seeing images and pictures of it, of a revival going on in the South. And I always look at revivals and they're always far, far away from me. And they happen in little pockets here, little pockets there. And I've always thought, Lord, those little revivals always break out and places that are a thousand miles from me and as I was thinking about that this morning he said am I always am not I always with you and I said yes Lord you're in this place like Jacob when he woke up from that dream of the ladder from heaven in a foreign place detached and away from his family and alone. And he saw in a dream, a ladder reaching to heaven, Christ Jesus at the top, though he didn't know it was Jesus Christ, but it was. And the angels going up and down that ladder. 
And when he woke up, he said, alas, O Lord, this is none other than that house of God and the gate of heaven. I say to my own self, Lord, is that not the way it is for each one of us all over the world who love you so much? That we could wake up from our beds, and open our eyes and say, alas, O Lord. Where I am, you are. And you are the ladder that reaches to heaven. Praise the Lord. There's a reason God wants us to be quiet. Do you know that? Because he's getting ready to speak. He's getting ready to speak to you. Just obey him. And when he speaks, he'll speak. Give him room. Let God move. Let him be your master. Because really, he's trying to get you to a place where he can pour his life into you without your help, without the help of people, devotional accoutrements, religious habits. And in closing, I want to share something that I think will bless you. I was fellowshipping with somebody today, a friend of mine, Skip, uh, old brother in the Lord. He's much older than me now. And he said, you know, Joni, when you think about what it took for God to bring your life to this place, you have to go back hundreds of years and further than that, all the way back thousands of years. And with everybody here today, that God is so articulate and he's so perfect that with all the wars and the fightings, and the deaths and premature deaths and all the chaos on earth that he had to make sure that every person had to be alive, whether they were righteous or wicked, to bring you to this fine, to this place to be born to your mother in this generation in this time and what it must have taken for God to do that so that you would be born and that his soul would prosper in seeing you and you becoming his and having no other lover and a master. I pray that today, if this word is speaking to you, you're the only one that's going to know it. So allow the Lord. Let go. Don't try to do anything. He's getting ready to speak. You know how it says, be silence, O Lord. It says it in the word. It says, be silent, O earth, for the Lord is getting ready to arise. Maybe this is our time to be quiet while the, while the world is rushing off the cliff into Hades, that the people of the, 
of God, of the Most High, of the Chief Shepherd and Bishop of our souls, is telling us, be still, be calm. I'm coming again. And those that are quiet, and rest in my quiet silence, will hear the voice, my voice, and they'll follow me. Amen. Because the Lord knows what to do in everything that we're in right now. I really take such joy out of that. I really want to leave that with you. Jesus left us a parting gift. He said, my peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Don't be afraid. And don't let your heart be troubled. And that's his gift to you and me. And the gifts of the Lord and callings of the Lord are without repentance. Let the blessing of the Lord and his peace envelop you and your home and your family and be impenetrable by any adversary. But let yourself detach and go with the Lord. Go with him on the king's highway because there is a way which is a way that leads to heavenland. I look forward to going there. Praise the Lord. The Lord bless you. Have a beautiful day.